0: very simple. When you see something that is not right,
1: not fair,
2: Welcome back family to the EQ. We are here turning up the volume on racial inequality. Everyone, and I do mean everyone, is welcome to this table to have difficult conversations on race. Why is this important? so we can increase kingdom allies to stand alongside those on the front lines of change. It's your boy, Skip, and I have with me the fellowship JLR2 hey. and the lovely Ashley. Hey, hey. So let's skip the small talk, pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, let's go. Today we're gonna to talk about kingdom allies. What is that? Is that a thing or do we just make that up?
1: That's for sure a thing. Hmm. It's for sure a thing. It has to be a thing.
2: I love that perspective. It has to be a thing. Why it does has, it have to be a thing?
1: It has to be a thing. It has to be the mantle that Christians wear. It has to, because that's the only way, (laughs) that's the only way that we will become united as the body of Christ in bridging gaps with this cause in mind. God's idea about this is not the way that the church has handled it, capital Z Church, over the course of history. So without a change in perspective from the church, we're not gonna see change.
3: And when we talk about kingdom allies, we're talking about people who are actively working against racism and
1: inequality in the church. Right. As opposed to a person that's just not doesn't identify themselves as a racist. Mm.
2: Wow, is there a difference? Yes. I mean, I'm not a racist, but does, right. does that make me for or against or does it just put me like in the middle sort of in this zone of of safety of non-interaction? Non-inter-
1: Yeah, I think there's a massive difference. I think a lot of white Christians will say, no, I'm not racist, because A, they don't want to identify where it is in their life, and nobody walks around with hoods on, though (laughs) in our recent history, they may as well be. But nobody walks around with a white hood on, so they're not going to wear the label of racist now. But to tolerate jokes or to laugh at the... Generalizations or the gross generalizations that are happening, yeah, that doesn't make you an active racist, but it certainly doesn't qualify you as an anti racist. Mm-hmm. So you can wear that badge of non racist, like, no, it's not me. But if you're not actively taking a stand against it, then it sort of is you by passive compliance,
3: yeah,
1: right? I mean, what do you guys yeah, think right. about it?
3: If, like, If I was hurting and I saw one of my friends not being able to, like, not standing up for me and just being like, oh, well, it doesn't affect me, I'm not the one hurting you, I'd be so hurt. I'd be like, but you're still part of the problem because you're not doing anything to fix it. Mm -hmm. You're not standing up for me, you're not there for me when I need you, therefore you are part of the problem. So I feel like when the church can just sit there and be like, well, we're not doing it. We're talking against it because we all love each other and it's not happening in church. We're ignoring a bigger problem. And we aren't being kingdom allies. We're being a stagnant kingdom that can't grow. Oh.
2: You know, of the way you mentioned passive complicity? Maybe.
0: I mean, my mind goes to kind of The schoolyard and there's a bunch of kids around and there's like this one guy that's a bully and he's bullying let's say this little kid Hmm. that's smaller than him and you know in different movies or shows there's someone who stands up right usually after a while and says hey stop it.
1: Yeah the hero right? The
0: hero. Um, And I think that that's really the goal the goal is to be people who stand up in situations where people are put down, bullied, people, or you know, uh, hurt, right? Um, and obviously, uh, um, it's important. You know, I think a lot of times we find ourselves sitting on the background as the kids that watch it. But I mean, hopefully, over time, we develop into people who are active instead of watching them.
1: This is what I love about about what you're saying, JL, and about what you said, Rachel Rose, because I think it's easy if you watch injustice happen in front of you to stand up for it mm-hmm. in most other circumstances, but not with racism. So why is it that the church does such a poor job of defending this topic specifically? So like you watch, you know, you see, oh, like little old lady walking across the street and some burglar comes up behind and takes her purse and run. And people are like, that's unjust. We got to defend that. We got to go vindicate this sweet old lady that was walking down the street that was just robbed. But so we can we would take action on that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious why people wouldn't do that. Or what is it that prevents people from defending this cause, do you think?
2: I think it's because you start with the classification of you are white. Mm. And if you are not an anti-racist, you're part of the problem. Mm. So when you start a conversation with it's you, there's no distinction between bully or non-bully or burglar or hero coming to save the day. It's like, well, I can't tell who you are until you take some action. Until you take some action, you could be the enemy. And I don't think people like that self-identity as being part of the problem. It weighs on them emotionally. And if that's how you lead the conversation, Mm -hmm. then I think that you actually lose people off jump Mm -hmm. as opposed to, okay, let me welcome you into what it is my experiences are. You know, do you see what I see? Mm -hmm. Let's have a conversation of, a thing that happens how do you see this tell me why you see it this way mm-hmm. and now I'll tell you why I see it differently and it's my hope that the church would have enough compassion back to your you know well are you an ally of God if you're an ally of God then you're going to have compassion mm-hmm. towards another for no other reason because I'm supposed to love right, right? so love allows you to sit still long enough and get over yourself.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm okay. just curious. Yeah. And I, I would also just note that I brought it back to like the school ground because I think even as you get your life. money stolen as a kid, <laughs> No, you get I didn't. your lunch money because <laughs> no, you keep going back. I just want to know. I mean, but we're among friends. I do remember a situation. Oh, don't where, you think? For um, sure, I was in high school and I remember uh, this was up in Maine and a girl. Was Somebody about how in Maine she took was, your lunch money. No, oh, why does it Because you keep. I think it's PTSD. No, no, no. You sure? But there was a moment. There was a moment where this girl was kind of standing up for the Christian faith. I did have a moment. So like, a girl
2: took your lunch money?
0: No. Oh, God. Jay, I got
1: beat up by a girl.
0: <laughs> you guys just like star rumors over here. But, oh. Um, basically, she was stood up in class <laughs> for a Christian faith, and I wasn't a part of the class. I was in the back doing something for the math team. And I remember in that moment, like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you
1: yeah, lost me at the math team. Go That's ahead, okay. come back.
0: But... In that moment, the whole class jumped on her. You know, because of, she was saying something because she was Christian. Like, literally, it was like a movie. They jumped on her, and they're like, Physically? No. You just
1: said literally, so I
3: need well, clarification. Well, you know,
0: verbally. Okay, thank
3: Jail, you. do you need ahead. someone to stand up for you right now?
0: Yeah, like, what, <laughs> is what bull- <laughs> are you on here? Are
3: okay? There's He's
0: like, bully bull- here, but I listen, I will not relent. But anyway. <laughs> Oh gosh. Anyways. I am now a <laughs> self-identified JL ally. Yeah. Ooh, but um, ouch. essentially in that moment, I didn't stand up for that. I was a Christian at that point in time. And I just watched as this single person was just like ganged up on, okay. you know, by everyone in this class. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget like the lack of courage for myself at that moment. And I say that only because I think even as we talk about Kingdom Allies and we talk about, you know, people possibly coming the problem or whatnot, there's a growth aspect to even someone, let's say the point of the grandma. There's a lot of people who wouldn't have, you know, the confidence to even engage in that. Like like a grandma, they'd just be like, oh, I, I can't really help, I can't do it. And I think that it does take some general development more than just, well, you should do X, Y, Z. I think there's a lot of growth and I don't want to discount that aspect of growth maturity when it comes to being someone who actively kind of stands up for people, actively seeks out injustice, mm-hmm. you know, that is um, a very mature thing. And like people may, there may be more than just, you know, uh, I I don't agree with this cause that they don't, you know, take that very bold, courageous step.
1: So, how did you feel, like knowing that you didn't stand up for that girl, mm-hmm. knowing that you agreed with that girl, yes, and you watched idly by, yes? How did you, like, what were can you can you bring back any of those emotions of what you felt? Because I'm curious because if Christians can resonate with the emotions that you felt for the not defending your faith if that's something that we christians could be on the alert for in ourselves to see it rise up and in circumstantially if it will rise up in one case or another that could be a good qualifier if you've got some racism in you that needs to be addressed why don't you feel that way maybe when you watch injustice happen to people of color Versus why you would when somebody's attacking something that you agree with. Does that make sense? Is that a good mm-hmm. question to ask? I don't even know. Yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah, and I think that it's Self-interest you're you think about How people are going to look at you are you going to be you know the target of you know This vitriol or challenge or mistreatment the association associations and um uh, I think that I think that's a very natural normal thing and I'm not saying that that's right but I'm saying that's a growth thing I mean I, like you have to come to a point where you know that shame that like possibility of difficulty you know um, is something that is not as important as standing up for justice or standing you know behind people or supporting you know something that's right and I think that is that's a big step. I'm not mm. going to say that that's not a small
2: thing. Yeah, I agree with you, JL. You know, going back to your I got my lunch money stolen by this little girl. Like, <laughs> beat me up. So it's much just for like that so, JL yeah, allyship yeah, so.
1: allyship there, skip. No. You know.
2: <laughs> wait, it's a process. Then. It's how yeah, turn on you, there it, 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 you It's it's a process, you know. Pray for me. <laughs> yeah. Repentance. The the issue is what's at stake for you personally. Right. Right. So The bully and the hero, the hero steps in pretty much knowing that he can take the bully out, right? So there's not a lot to lose in that game. Or if there is, he's weighed the cost. He's counted the cost and he's just like, I'm going in. Whatever happens, happens. And that's a huge step for people. And I've had conversations with uh, folks that I would love to bring to the EQ. And the first thing that they say is, I can't go public. I can't put this, this out because I'm a part of this ministry or this particular agency or organization. And once my opinion's out there, you can't take it back. Mm-hmm. And so I think to a large extent, we have our friends and neighbors within our community of faith that don't wanna go on record as having some of the opinions that they do in fear that they would lose position. And again, I'll go back to are you a non-racist or an anti-racist, or are you a part of the problem? I think that turns off a lot of people. Well, I'm a part of the problem because I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And to JL's point, the injustices can be invisible. So it's really kind of get it's really hard to kind of get behind something that you don't see in your everyday life. Right? So the hero gets to see the bully and the victim. Right. In this situation, you don't always get to see those elements presented to you, except that they're on a newsreel. And then by that time, it's already distorted. The media already has their slant to it. But day in, day out, do you see effects of wealth gaps and social and economic injustice to where you can say, that's just wrong.
1: Unless there's proximity. Mm -hmm. Because with proximity, comes care and concern and a visibility that you don't get. If I weren't around this table with you guys, if I wasn't having this conversation, if my friend group wasn't diverse, if I didn't have different voices feeding my social platforms, if I didn't expose myself to information that's different than perhaps what it would have been before Ahmaud Arbery, then you don't see it, so it doesn't exist. It, It does exist when there's proximity. Proximity breeds relationship. Relationship breeds care and loyalty. So the... And the church isn't always that good at it because one of the most divided hours of the week is Sunday morning.
2: Breach, girl!
1: But there are other places in our lives that we can invest ourselves Mm -hmm. to find people that don't look like or act like or surround themselves with like us selves. If that makes any sense at
3: all. It's not easy. It's not easy putting yourself out there and saying, I'm standing up for something. I think a lot of people can relate to like when this past summer, when everything was going on and Black Lives Matter was really prevalent in the media. If you stood up for that, you got a lot of pushback. You probably lost friends. You maybe even cut ties with family members. It's not easy. But I think at the end of the day, you have to realize like, I am doing what God has called me to do, which is speak up for those who are being impressed. Yeah. And that does mean making new relationships with people that will give you a different insight on things, making sure that you're surrounding yourself with different ideas and listening to people. I think that's like one of the biggest things is just like listening to people that you want and whether that's people that you actually know or like Ashley, you're really good at finding podcasts and videos <laughs> from people that... Um, Speak about these things and you know, we don't know them, but they have really great ideas I think that's like one of the biggest things when being Mm -hmm. a kingdom ally is just putting yourself in situations where
1: You wouldn't normally get that type of information. So I just had another thought. I'm wondering if Like you have to know who you are as a Christian to be even able to identify as a Christian. You have to know that God who God is like, that God is who he says he is, that we are who God says we are as children of God. And I'm wondering how much identity is involved here. Like, to be a kingdom ally, does it come back to, like, knowing what's real? Like, what what God defines as, like... It's
2: a, a huge point, and, and I kind of know where you're going you with that. You don't
1: have that solid ground underneath you to yeah. know, like, whose opinion actually matters about you. And if you're seeking to please the audience of one. Because at the end of our lives, we're standing by ourselves before the Father and He's given us X, Y, and Z. Did we, what did we do with it?
2: You know, I think that's a, double, a, a double-edged sword though. You know, understanding your identity, your kingdom purpose, your eternal destiny. You know, I think people within the body of Christ would say, well, the temporal isn't the thing that's important, it's mm-hmm. the eternal and when Christ came we got it mixed up upside down and backwards we thought hey he's coming he's going to free us from roman oppression mm-hmm. but that wasn't what he that wasn't his agenda right. and so it's kind of easy to just say hey you know what this life is what it is let's take a step back understanding what our eternal destiny is and then just be a part of that ethereal love that we'll experience in the by and by but that doesn't weigh equally against when i was in prison did you feed me when i was naked did you clothe me when i was hungry did you feed me so there's this awareness right. that the body of christ should have with regards to its proximity mm-hmm. of the things in there in our circles to be a causal factor in writing wrongs
1: mm-hmm. we
2: just can't live and just simply say well that doesn't affect me so i'm okay with it right
1: I think blindly though too many people do that
2: yeah you know why because well i don't know anybody in prison um i didn't know anybody that was naked and you know i occasionally contribute to the food pantry so i'm all set we take things so literally we're mm-hmm. just like okay well as long as i'm involved right. in prison ministry right and i'm good right. if i'm you know given to a food pantry or if i give clothes to Planet. The planet box, right? Eight. Planet oh, 8, okay. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yellow box. As long yeah. as I'm throwing my old, you know, Gucci suits in there, then I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, well,
0: what what about everything else that's going it's true.
3: on? true. We want to help in ways that are easy for us. Yeah.
0: It
2: cost
1: us nothing. It, just, yeah. it doesn't
3: cost you anything. It doesn't
0: cost right? anything. There's that. But also, I think that- Did you just discount that point? There's, like, there's just that, but there's something else? There's that. But I think there is something else. I there's, think a but. there's always a but There's a growth. I think it's a growth process. I that's think true. you don't start out being the hero. Come like on. you start out watching, you know, something happening, and then maybe before that guy's a hero, he's talking to the kid like, "Are you okay?" You know, um, maybe he's like trying like, to you know. teach her. I think mm. that there's definitely different steps that people can grow. And become the hero because it's a process again. My that's man. a big step, I love that's right? That. right. That's and right. so,
2: I think eventually, how long did it take become... for that guy to come alongside and tell that girl stop beating you up?
1: <laughs> how many times <laughs> did you get yeah. beaten up with this guy watching? Yeah, I know, right? Just, until, until one body. day
2: he, he took like, JL aside. he was, was enough, just like, bro. "Hey, he's <clears> like, <throat>. like, you know, what? let me let me dab your eye real quick because you're like she
0: really got you But get in the corner. But yeah, like I think little there's little steps. And when I even think about this kind of example, you know, different people have, like we've talked, I think just talked about a journey for her, learning was the first step, learning and then yeah. having friends was another step, you know, and beginning to understand what's actually going on. Um, but I do agree, like when you think about it and this group of kids, I think it's also important to get, if I'm utilizing this illustration, is that maybe there's 20 kids and one out of 20. It's one out of 20 that stands out, right? And um, he risks, you know, his life and limb because the bullet's bigger than him as well. And so he's kind of taking on, you know, some of that punishment possibly, at least taking that risk. Um, It doesn't even have to be everybody, you know? And what I'm gonna add is like, you know, take your journey, take your steps, whatever steps that, that that needs to be you don't feel like you have to be the hero that's a lot of pressure like feeling like you have to be doing all the stuff that maybe you're not even there yet um but do something yeah take do your something go take the first process step. yeah take the first step Take the first step and um that's good i think god honors that i'll be honest like, i think god honors the step started i mean i think about the prayer of the the sinner, where he's like, "God forgive me, cause I'm a sinner," which is like literally the first step. Like, I don't know if you've done all these terrible things, the sinner. Like, the very step is like just praying, "Hey, I I did something wrong," mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. I think God honors every single step mm-hmm. um, that you take, um, and He'll grow it. He'll grow whatever seed you, whatever you offer Him, you know, in terms of service, in terms of being that person like he'll grow it in you because uh, he's good
1: hmm. yeah pastor past our our pastor oh, pastor of the pod I don't know can we call him that <laughs> our pastor <laughs> preached a message about Saul and David and and the the point that stood out the most to me was don't send your armor out to war unless you're in it and it's the same thing for us like we wear this We wear this cause. As the church, Mm -hmm. in order to be a kingdom ally, this is our cause to fight. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that we should expect the world to go out with our armor on and fight this battle Mm -hmm. with us not in it. This is a battle that we ought to be going out into. And unfortunately, it might cost us some things, but in the scheme of things, are we willing to pay the price for lack of action? I'm not anymore.
2: Mm -hmm. I love that. But you know, kind of going back to the, the invisible condition, Uh, of racism as opposed to abortion. It's like, I mean, there's a visible outcome to abortion and it's easy to talk about in terms of right and wrong because, hey, any clinic that conducts business in that way, there's statistics to suggest that this is something that's actively occurring. Mm -hmm. It's kind of not the same way in the racial sphere. Okay. And so, trying to get people's minds around the ubiquitousness of racism—that's that's harder mm-hmm. because it's not something that you can look out your window and just say, "Oh, there it is."
3: Mm-hmm. Right? There's no way to quantify it.
2: Right. And and people would say, you know, back to JL's example, like you're not getting beat up anymore. Mm-hmm. Get over it. It happened in third grade. No one's beating you up anymore. Right. Right? Come on, Skip. <laughs> you are, you know, a 33 year veteran, retired commander, senior director of an organization. Racism isn't part of your life. And every day, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: it kind of is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of is.
3: Mm-hmm. It is. And I wonder, going back to how we were talking earlier about how the church doesn't address it, I almost wonder if it's because the church knows, if you look at history, that the church, broader church, is responsible for a lot of it. We, like, the church used the Bible to back up things that never should have happened. And so instead of addressing it and saying, this is something that we need to actively fix, they were just like, shove it under the rug. You know? Like, we're not gonna talk about it, we're gonna pretend everything's fine. But then it ends up hurting people who are going through it Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. nobody's standing up for them. You don't have that hero. You don't have anyone who's, you know, ready to say this is wrong. And now that we do have people that are saying this is wrong, the church is going, whoa, whoa, whoa. We put that under the rug. We don't bring that up, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is causing more issues Mm -hmm. than it
2: really should. All right, fellowship. So how do we encourage people to, I guess, clean house? Throw out the rug ooh, that's hard again, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is there a, Are there smaller steps besides, all right, get rid of the rug, expose everything. There's going to be some uneasy responses to that. How can we invite people into a place of understanding without taking offense and then getting past that point to be a part of change?
3: Can I say that I think the rug has already been
2: Lifted
1: like we see the mess now. It's at least flipped. Over. It's at least flipped it's like over. in half Yeah, so that the exposure exposure has
3: occurred like we can see something that's wrong We can see that yeah, and now um, JL, you were talking about like humility now. It's a matter of okay What part of the mess was my fault? Mm-hmm. What like what part did I play in that mm-hmm. I need to clean that mm. and that's like a baby step that you can do That's something little that you can you know start with you mm-hmm. can educate yourself. And honestly, it's gonna, I think it will be small steps that lead to a bigger movement in the church. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think proximity. Put yourself in places that you can have a relationship with people, that you can have discussions, that per, uh, like, authentically establish um, environments of grace and allow for continued learning, to your point earlier, JL, and but also like that it's judgment-free conversations. You can say things that might offend somebody else, but I'm gonna surrender any offense that might happen here just so that we can have some actual, get to the bottom of some of this stuff. Without proximity in relationships, without honesty, without candid conversations, without surrendering offense, <laughs> I think we get nowhere fast. See also history.
0: Yeah, make the change happen
1: I'm Gonna make the change <laughs> so I <think> <laughs> Beautiful
0: I love that Um Goodness Oh. Uh, I think that uh, delete. Yeah, delete Delete. In the general sense <laughs> In the general sense I think Practicing standing up I think that's hard I think that we as Christian being Christians Sometimes shy away from things That are uncomfortable I know Christians that have difficulty saying that they're Christian in certain scenarios and yeah, certain right. is admitting, Hey, I'm a Christian because right. of, you know, um, repercussions of that. So I would, I would encourage people to practice standing up and put yourself out there in general, um, so that when opportunities arise so that you can have conversations uh, I think what both of you said was great too, proximity, and um, but I would also encourage people like try to practice, setting up to injustices, care about things that are happening to others outside of yourself, and God will do the right stuff.
2: All right, so there you have it. We're practicing. What's so funny about it? You just don't
1: want to. You don't want to give an, an answer. You're just like, all right, their answers were good enough. That's fine. Let's go. <laughs>
2: Okay, okay. Uh, (laughs) What's your answer? What's what's, your thoughts? What's what's my answer? My answer is we have to care enough about this thing that's invisible. Mm -hmm. We have to convince ourselves that it's a thing. It's not just something that the media takes, reports, twists for whatever insidious reason, but it's really a thing. Mm -hmm. And you will be proximate enough. Mm -hmm. You will be humble enough, and you will be willing to learn more than you know now so that there's this progressive awareness that brings you into a place of compassion. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And so
2: with, without that, it's just a no-win, no-win scenario. Um, and the practice of standing up, I love that, J.L., to the point where uh, we got to stand for something. Or we'll just fall for everything, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in the mortal words of Amanda Gorman, let's go. That little girl was just so awesome. She love says, you. if we mix mercy with might and might with right, then the legacy of love will be our children's birthright. Let's go. That doesn't happen without the church getting it. So, church, if you get nothing else. Let our legacy be one that is of love.